You know, there's an interesting story. I guess it's kind of funny. My, my family reminds me of it all the time, but not too long ago, went out to dinner with some folks that came to town to New York City to visit us from Florida. We used to live in Florida, and they're old friends of ours, and we went to uh, Maison Pickle over here on the Upper West Side, and we were having dinner together. A great time, and it was, I mean, we, we got the, you know, they have a little, uh, a little loft up there. We had that whole thing because it was just full of people. And just to preface this, I was kind of the host, right? So I was kind of like making sure everybody was engaged and talking, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Well, Sophie, my daughter, she comes a little bit late after we're all together there talking. And, uh, you know, we hadn't quite ordered yet. And she came in and she sat down next to me. I was kind of on the end. She sat down next to me. And so she starts pouring out her heart to me. I guess she had a really tough day. She just came in from work. And she was telling me about how difficult it was and the struggles she was having and everything. And she kept on and just shared it all with me. You know, and I'm sitting there uh, with this whole group of people and her. And she got finished and she looks at me and I've kind of got a glazed look in my eyes because I'm like looking down and over at her. And she says, did you hear me? And I said, I think I'm going to get the steak frites. <laughs> she was like, so you didn't hear me. <laughs> You didn't hear a word I said. I was like, no, 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 I did hear you, but I have a lot of other things going on. I want to order. I want to make sure everybody, I'm, I'm one ears over here. I guess I have trouble hearing sometimes, right? My mind wanders a little bit, and I, I admit I'm guilty of it. Sometimes I'm in a conversation. If I feel like I already figured out what you're saying, then maybe I'll say, okay, you can, I'll let you finish, but I've got some other business to take care of in my brain. Well, that's not very nice. It's not a good habit. It's not a good condition. Well, the scripture passage we're looking at today, this morning, is addressing that very thing when it comes to hearing the voice of God in our own lives. Our spiritual ears, the writer of Hebrews here, is confronting some first century Christians, both Jewish and Gentile converts to Christianity, and he identifies a disease that's infecting some of these believers. It's a disease of the heart, ultimately, right? And it's a condition many of us fall into or can be infected by, infected by today. And so we see in the fifth chapter of the book of Hebrews, not only a diagnosis, but a warning and a remedy as well. So we're going to start uh, in verse 1, right at the very beginning. Um, it will be on the screen or if you have a device or a, a book. Also, the Bible, you can look at that as well. Hebrews chapter 5, and I typically read from the English Standard Version, just for your information, those of you um, who are concerned with that. Hebrews chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, and I'll read through verse 14. It says this, For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins, he can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward since he himself is beset with weakness. Because of this, he is obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins, just as he does for those of the people. And no one takes this honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. 
As he says also in another place, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Verse 7, in the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplication with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Then in verse 11, About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles, words of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, we ask you to apply it to our hearts this morning. I have nothing to say of any value for eternity, but you do. And so I pray you'd speak uh, through the word this morning. Speak through this time. And may we be doers and not hearers only. In Christ's name, amen. So like I said, this is the book of Hebrews. This is um, written to a group of Jewish converts and some Gentiles who were familiar with the Jewish God as well and identified with the Jews. It was written in the first century, sometime before 70 AD. We're not told, we're not told exactly who the author is, but we do know a couple things about the author. He knew Timothy, right, another apostle. He was very familiar with these people that he was writing this letter to. And in this letter, there's two main purposes for the whole book of Hebrews. The first was to encourage these Christians to endure in their faith, to stand firm, to stand strong, and also to warn them of the dangers and the temptations of falling away. This passage in chapter 5 has a little of both of those, but overall the writer here is warning these Christians of becoming hardened and hard of hearing, and thus staying infants spiritually, infants in their faith. And so this morning, the warning is not to, the warning for us is that we not become dull of hearing, right? Not become hard of hearing the word of God when he speaks. We're all prone to this, right? We've all had seasons of our life where we felt distant, or we felt like we're not hearing from God, or we, we sit through a church service, it's like, eh, if it was a better song, I would have gotten more out of it, you know, or Steve didn't keep looking at that carpet down there, whatever it was, you know, I just, you know, we, we feel distant. We've all, we all go through some of those seasons where we have some dullness maybe in our walk and in our faith. Maybe our desire to read scripture is waning and not a priority. And when I hear the message, I, I don't really get much. So for the next few moments, I want us to look at this, what this passage tells us about how to avoid that condition, the remedy for that, how to, how to guard against our ears and our hearts becoming dull, as he says to these believers here. So the first step 
to keep from becoming dull of hearing is to hear with faith. He says in verse 11, About this we have much to say, but it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Now listen, I believe this word in Scripture has been placed here. It's been preserved through the years for you and I to hear this morning. For you and I to take heed to. To take an inventory of our own lives and say, Okay, God, what would you say to me? So this writer had begun to explain to them the priestly aspects of Jesus, right, in context of this passage. He began to talk about the Old Testament priest Melchizedek, right, and how Jesus, he relates Jesus to Melchizedek and relates to him as this priest who's been chosen, who's been called. But he, he freezes right in the middle of that. He stops. It's kind, of, it's kind of interesting. He starts going on about Melchizedek and he goes, but you know what, I got a lot to say about this, but... You're not listening anyway. I can just see him freezing there. Seeing their eyes glaze over. Years ago, I was a student pastor, so I, I taught you know, teenagers. And I remember one Wednesday night was when we had our Bible study down in um, the youth room. And we would do fun stuff. You know, I'm all about the fun. You've got to have fun with teenagers. And then we get to study in the Word of God, which is why we came. And I remember one time I was talking about the blood of Jesus and I was right in the middle of this, you know, right deep in it. And this one young man is sitting on the couch and as I'm going and passionately teaching, he goes, he raises his hand and I'm like, yes, he's getting it. He wants to know more. Yes, Ashley, what is it? He goes, are we going bowling Friday? I was like, get out. <laughs> I lost my mind there. But he was glazed over. He was thinking about, you know what? Not interested. Thanks, but no thanks. The writer of Hebrews here is seeing something in these Christians. We, we can see it throughout uh, the book. In chapter 2 of this uh, book, he says, pay verse 1, he says, pay close attention to the message you've heard, lest you drift away. He says in chapter 3, verse 8, don't harden your hearts like Israel did in the wilderness. In chapter 3, verse 12, he says, Take care lest you have an evil heart of unbelief. And in chapter 4, verse 11, he says, Be diligent to enter into God's rest lest you fall by disobedience. The writers know something about these people. Something's going on in this church that receives this letter. There's a temptation. There's something happening the temptation to fall away, to become dull of hearing. He says, you have become dull of hearing. See, they've, they've already responded to the message of Jesus. They've already received the gospel by faith. They put their trust in Christ as Savior. And he talks about milk here. Milk and solid food. And the rich milk is the foundation of being a Christian, right? Ashley's back there with little Jake. When you're a baby, an infant, you, you, you get your nutrition from milk. And he, he refers to that. And so they've, they've been sealed with the promise of salvation. And he says, you have become dull of hearing. He's saying they didn't start that way. At one point, they weren't that way. They've become infected. Listen, this is a warning for all of us as believers. This is a temptation. This is something that can happened to you and I. And so he diagnoses this disease. And the question we should all be asking this morning, first and foremost, is 
Is this me? Is this where I'm at? This word dull means, in the original language, sluggish, lazy. You know? I don't really get anything. I'm not, whatever. It just bounces off my ears, off my eyes. It's, a, it's as opposed to being alert, right? And ready. And this word hearing is one he just used in chapter 4, verse 2. I want us to look at that just for a second. So we can get in context. What actually is he saying? He said in chapter, two, uh, chapter 4, verse 2, he said, For indeed we have had good news preached to us, just as they also. But the word they heard did not profit them, here it is, because it was not unified by faith in those who heard. That word for hearing is the same word that he uses right here. They were hearing the message, but it was not heard, it was not unified with faith. The opposite of dull is eager or diligent, sharp. So the message had just become white noise to them, background noise. They weren't eager to hear the voice of God. They were not hearing really, and they were not believing because they had no faith. They were not coming to the Word. They were not listening for the Spirit of God with faith. And so what he's talking about here is not a condition of the ears. He's talking about a condition of the heart. It is first believing that God is speaking and that God will speak. See, at times we treat the Holy Spirit and the Word of God just like a habit. I need to go to church. I need to read my Bible, maybe. I need to do these things. and becomes just a habit. We're no longer sensitive. We're no, no longer seeking, wanting to hear. We simply come to church on Sunday and then really pay no attention to the Holy Spirit leading, leading me to apply this to my everyday life. We become dull of hearing. We become callous, callous to God's voice. In chapter 4, Verse 12, he says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. He's talking about the word of God is sharp. It has an effect. But when we don't allow it in by faith, we become calloused more and more. It's like when I first started playing guitar. My fingers killed me. It hurt every time I would play guitar, but over the years my fingers got more and more calloused. There was a film over there. There was a hardness there. It no longer hurt. I never, I didn't feel it. I don't feel it the way I used to feel it. And sometimes that's the way we as Christians can become. We come to the Word of God. We come to um, church or whatever. We hear the Word preached and we just kind of, we begin to get callous because we resist it, resist it, resist it and eventually by not putting our faith in it, we become Dulled. So here's the question today. How are you hearing? How are you approaching the voice of God? Are you expectant in your life? Are you eager? Are you hearing with faith? How do I tell? How do I know if I'm dulling, right? Dulling in my, hear, my hearing. You might be dull if... Anybody ever heard of Jeff Foxworthy? He's a country comedian. He used to have this spiel where he said you might be a redneck if if you find a car in your yard while you're cutting your grass or something like that or if you have a refrigerator in the front yard or something 
You might be dull if your sensitivity to the voice of the Spirit is gone. You're numb to the voice. You never sense that God is leading you or speaking to you in any way. You're, you're unmoved by messages. You're unmoved by Scripture. Maybe you're grieving or quenching the Spirit. That's what the Bible says. The more I say, the more that the Holy Spirit speaks to me and I say, no thanks. Hey, you need to, nope. We begin to quench the Spirit. We begin to grieve the Holy Spirit. We become callous. Our sensitivity is gone. I'm no longer eager to get in Scripture. Are you eager to get in the Word of God? Or is it more like something you have to check off your list or just not at all? I'll get what I get on Sunday and then that's it. You may be dull. You may be dulling to the voice of God. What about conviction of sin? Do you have a regular confessing of your sin? Do you confess your sin regularly? It becomes easier and easier to do what I know is not right or what the Spirit has convicted me of. The more I say no, the more I do not confess my sin. Here's a big one. Are you self-centered or are you others-centered? He says in verse 12, for th here's some proof, he says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you ought to be outward. You ought to be pouring into other people's lives. Instead of what the church often is full of is just me, I, I don't get this, I don't do that, I don't feel this. Listen, there's something miraculous that happens when I begin to pour into other people, when I begin to put my faith into action. There's a, there's a vigor, spiritual aliveness. The key is listening with faith. I'm believing. I'm ready to hear. The Holy Spirit is speaking this morning. He's speaking. Do we hear Him? The question we should have, for instance, when you come into church on Sunday morning, when you come in, we gather together. The, the question that should be at the top of your heart is, God, what would you say to me today? Lord, I want to hear from you. Not necessarily what I can get from it. Listen, in church, there's always been adults, the mature, and the babies, the immature. And I'm not talking about young in your faith. I'm talking about immaturity in your faith. Oh, that we would be like the psalmist who wrote in Psalms 119, 162. He says, I rejoice at your word as one who finds great spoil or treasure. So we come with faith. Are you hearing with faith? But also, are you hearing by listening? It's interesting because he, he mixes some metaphors here, which is fine. Hearing and eating. But hearing is simply kind of the the, the sound waves bouncing off my eardrums, right? That, that, that can be hearing. Listening is intentional. It's like that night that Sophie sat next to me. I'm, I'm sure I heard her. I heard something going on. But it, listening takes some effort. It's intentional. He says in verse 12, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, 
You need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child, but solid food is for the mature. He says, for everyone who lives on milk, I'm satisfied right there. I don't want to go any further. But there's an expectation. He says, you ought to be growing. You ought to be growing in your faith. And he uses this picture of milk and meat, right? Solid food. He tells them, if you have been eating solid food, the result would be you would be teaching others. You would be growing in your faith. What's, what's the difference in milk and meat that he's talking about here? Well, first of all, milk is important. As infants, babies grow on milk, right? That's where we get our nutrition. If you give a newborn a steak, he might gnaw on it or something, but he's not going to really get any nutrition from it. I remember my father, he used to always mess with us when we had, when our babies were real little, he'd walk over to them with a cookie and be like, come on, come on, Ashley, Jake can take a little cookie today. He's like, Dad, back up. There's no nutrition in that. Milk is important. It's, it's critical. And the milk that he's referring to is the gospel. It's everything. We never move on from the gospel. It's the foundation from which we grow in our faith. It's the beginning point. So this morning, if you've not received Christ as your Savior, if you've not come to Christ as your last resort, your only resort for your sin and your brokenness, and put your faith in Him and what He did on the cross, that grace that we sing about, He's waiting. He's saying, come, no matter who you are or where you're from, come and find grace at the foot of the cross. That is the milk. But eventually, it's time, Christian, to begin eating meat. It's interesting that the use of this picture of milk is of an infant, right? A child, he says. Some observations about that. Think about what we know about infants. They are concerned about themselves first and foremost, right? I'm hungry, feed me. I'm wet, change me. I'm tired, rock me. Same thing with infant Christians. I'm hurting, heal me. I'm weak, strengthen me. I'm afraid, encourage me. I'm facing difficulty, save me. Listen, those are legitimate concerns. Those are legitimate needs. But Jesus says, come to me first and foremost and let me heal you. Let me strengthen you. Jesus says, come follow me. It's not just come to me and get a free ticket to heaven. Some people treat Christ as just a, a get out of hell free card. No, he, he desires a relationship with you and with me. And that means following him, walking with him. He says, know me, learn me, love me. I've heard people say, you know, when some of these shootings happen and some, sometimes it's about you being a Christian or around the world when people are persecuted and they say, ah, I wonder if I would die for Christ. The question is, will you live for Christ? Will you walk day in and day out to please him? Will you eagerly, diligently seek Christ first in your life, Christian? It's a call to us. We become and remain dull because we fail to move on from only coming to Jesus for salvation. 
But we also become dull of hearing the voice of God because we have too many other sounds in our ears. Listen, if you don't intentionally tune your ears to hear the Holy Spirit, then the other sounds of the world will take over. Other voices in the world are screaming. And what happens even as Christians is we begin to, we begin to stray from listening, from tuning our ears to hear God's voice in my life. We begin to listen to the voices of the world. Well, that's interesting. I never thought about that. And, and, and oh, that, that makes me feel better. Wow, there's other. We begin to take our eyes off Christ. We begin to feed me again. The things that are screaming at us today, the culture, the culture is always promoting, always prioritizing self. And that's the thing, you know, it's so hard to understand without faith. We think, well, of course, how am, I, how, am I, how am I supposed to not think of myself first? How am I not supposed to think about my own growth, my own, my own journey? That's the hard part. That is where the step of faith, that's where crossing over is when I say, you know what? I'm going to trust what God says. He says, seek me first and I will work in your life and all those other areas. I will work in you to bring peace to bring hope. But the culture says me first. My career, our careers shout out, right? And so I get overly upset with my boss or my coworkers. I, I feel like I'm overlooked and not appreciated at work. My happiness rises and falls over circumstances at work. Listen, those are, those are real things. Work's going to stink sometimes. But my eyes are fixed on Christ. Those things are in the correct place. You can't you can't have my hope because Jesus has it. It's not in my job. It's not in the culture. It's not in politics. It's not what's happening in the, in the world around me. It's within. My hope is in Christ. Companionship screams to, to us today. Am I obsessed over finding a mate, over relationships? Do I have a, what do they call it, FOMO? Do I have fear of missing out? What's happening? What is everybody doing? Am I being left out? No, we find our security and our, our hope and our acceptance in Christ. It's not that these things are unimportant, but here's what happens. Here's the difference. We make them ultimate in our lives. Those aren't ultimate. Jesus calls for that ultimate spot in your heart. And, and the lie of Satan and of my flesh is that I can listen to all of it. That I don't have to tune my ear specifically into the Word of God and into Christ for my life. If you, don't, if you don't tune your ear to Christ, if you don't tune your ear to the voice of God, you'll, you'll live distracted. The world will play on your desires, on your flesh. So what must I eat, as he says, to be intentional? He talks about solid food. The Word of God. A healthy diet, healthy hearing begins with what I'm putting in. It begins with the Word of God. Through Scripture that I tune my ears to hear the voice of God. Now, some, some of us find it hard, right, to get excited about Scripture. It could be that when I'm reading the Word, even when I'm in church, it's all lost as luster because the goal, my focus is me, right? Right? 
a type of self-help. And you get to a point, and this is what happens, you get to a point as a longtime Christian, or anybody really, if you come in to church or you open the Word of God, and you're thinking about me, and in the message you don't really hear anything new for me, then you kind of decide, well, okay, that's great, but I, I, didn't really, I don't get anything from that. There's nothing new for me here. There's nothing to get excited about here. But here's the key. Here's how we battle that. We approach our time together on Sunday. We approach our time in the Word, our time with other believers when we get together for, for discipleship groups and small groups, is I want to know God. I want to know who God is. Not in relation to what it can do for me, but God, show me who you are. Show me how you think, it will change your life. Christian, we can't slip into that me first. Like, how are you going to fix this, this, and this? He says, come, know me. Jeremiah 29, 24. Let the one who boasts, boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me. Philippians 3, we just went through Philippians. Remember, Paul said, indeed, I count everything as loss, because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things. That seems pretty hardcore, right? That's the key to life. That's the key to hope is fixing my eyes on my creator. I'm not here because I chose to be here. Neither are you. You're here because God created you. You're his idea. He created this world with a design, with a plan for us. And all we do when we ignore him is destroy it. That's what we're doing. But he brings hope and peace. So they had become dull of hearing because they had stopped listening with faith. They had stopped being eager for the things of God. They weren't ready to receive what God was saying. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Listen, if you, want, if you say to yourself, okay, hearing with faith is the key, but I don't really have faith faith. My, my faith is, is waning. He's saying, the word of God. He's saying, press into me. He's saying, come closer to me. Learn about me. Know me more. So the key in your life is to get to know Christ more. Get to know who he is. Get to know what he says. Listen. It takes a little bit of effort on my part. Because we'll see the condition of our hearing, the condition of our lives, our spiritual health is is what we're inputting, what we're finding nutrition in. He says, the writer's saying, I can tell what you're eating by the condition of your life. You should be teaching. You should be growing, and yet you're not. Finally, hear with faith. Approach God's word. Approach the messages. Approach life, expecting God to speak. Hear listening Tune your ears in to hear God. Make space in your everyday life. You know, a lot of us, we're looking for a new word. God, give me a new word. And God is saying, I've given you a bunch of words. And you pick and choose through them. You don't want them. Then what new word do you need? I've given you the word. God, I just don't feel you. I don't, I don't hear you. But I'm not expecting. I'm not, I'm not listening active. I'm not tuning my ears. I'm not spending time in the Word of God. I'm not making space in my life. Listen, this is a huge thing for all of us is making space in your life to hear God. The Bible describes His voice as a still, small voice. 
And so when I've got my life full of all these other things, I can't hear. My wife and I were having a conversation the other day. It was a great conversation. And I woke up and she was sitting in the Word, sitting and reading the Word. Um, and she said, you know, I've been thinking about something and I read something that whatever you put first in your brain when you wake up, it affects your whole day. And so often, I know I'm, I know I'm like this, my phone is on a charger right next to my bed. So I wake up in the morning, I look over at the clock and I just, I'll just give a tap to my phone, you know what I mean? I just wanna see the time. But then typically I'll go, all right, what's, hap what's been happening while I've been asleep? And I start getting into that. And she was telling me that she was feeling a little convicted that she wants to put the word of God in her mind first and foremost because it changes me. And that brought, God used that to bring conviction on me too. What am I, what am I actively doing to pursue Christ in my life? Listening, active in that. It, it takes real, real doing. And that brings me to the final point, which is to keep our faith vibrant and growing, we must hear and obey. He says, verse 4 there, or no, not in verse 4, verse 14. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. It's not enough to say I go to church. It's not enough to say I read my Bible. Listen, I'm not talking about works. You know, I say this all the time. You put your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation, you say, God, I know that I'm a sinner and I believe that Jesus died on the cross for those sins and I trust him for my salvation. The Holy Spirit is in your heart and your life and you are sealed with the Spirit. You are saved. Now we're talking about growing. We're talking about walking, being transformed, sanctification. Am I responding to what I hear? Some of the things we should be asking one another as a community of believers are things like, what is God teaching you lately? What have you been learning in the Word? What has God been... You know, for a lot of us, if you hear that, it seems a little bit like cheesy, right? What is the Lord teaching you? What? It's true. As a body of Christ, as a community of believers, we should be encouraging that in one another. What is, what is God teaching you? What are you learning? Maybe we can learn from one another. Maybe ask yourself this question this morning. What am I not willing to give up to grow closer to Christ? What comes to mind when I think of putting Jesus first and foremost in my life that makes me say, well, certainly he doesn't mean that. Lay it on the altar. Lay it before him. Give it to him. That is what is keeping you from hearing clearly. John Piper wrote this. The pathway to maturity and to solid biblical food is not first becoming an intelligent person, but becoming an obedient person. What you do with alcohol and sex and money and leisure and food and computer 
have more to do with your capacity for solid food than where you go to school or what books you read. Man, that's hardcore. If you're growing cold in your faith, your ability to hear, if you're growing dull in your desire to hear God speak, take an inventory this morning. Ask the Holy Spirit to take an inventory of your life. Where are the weeds growing? If the sound of the message this morning is bouncing off your ears, ask God, why? I want to receive it with joy. He's saying, adjust your life. Obey what you hear. So here's some action steps in closing. Number one, make sure of your salvation today. This may be the last day that you're on this earth. This may be the last few moments of your life. Who, who knows? One day, as sure as we're standing here, we will all stand before God face to face. And we will either hear, the Bible says, depart from me, I never knew you. Or, welcome home, good and faithful servant. And the only thing, the only thing that matters at that moment is, have I put my trust in what God has done for me in Jesus Christ? Or have I chosen to just trust in my own figuring it out, my own works, my own ability to get good enough for God? That's all that will matter. Will I accept what Christ has done? Today, that is number one. He says, put your faith. That's the first step of obedience. That's the milk. Because otherwise we don't understand. We'll never understand. We'll always be dull of hearing. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. That's, God's, that's not God's desire. But that's the effect on us closing our hearts to Him. So make sure of your salvation. Number two, strengthen your faith. Make space in your life to hear from God. You're here this morning. Praise God. I'm glad that you're, you're here. Make space in your life. Turn your attention to knowing Christ and His will for your life. Regular consumption of the words of God, the very words of God in Scripture. Place that at the center of the priorities of your life. And listen with faith. Read the Bible with faith. It's one of the first things I say when I sit down with the Bible. I say, God, speak to my heart. How should I respond to this word this morning? Ask yourself that. How should I respond? God, settle this in your heart this morning, believer. God is speaking to you this, this day. He is speaking. His spirit is speaking. So the prayer that we want to pray is, pray is, God, what are you saying to me? Help me to hear your voice. And then finally, respond in obedience. There's a beautiful vision um, of Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6, the prophet. He comes into the temple and he has a vision of God Almighty. The angels are all around and it's just beautiful. It's overwhelming. And he falls down on his face in response to seeing God, in response to knowing who he is, this is what he prayed. He said, I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell in a land of unclean lips. Here am I, send me. What's he saying? His response to who God is, God reveals who I am. 
not only as a sinner, but as his child that he loves and cares for and has a plan for. And so he responds not just by saying, wow, God, you're so beautiful. Let's sing a few songs about it. He's saying, change me. Touch my lips with the coals from the fire. Change the way that I think. Change the way that I talk. Change the way that I hear. And here am I. Use me. Use my life. It's yours. Respond in obedience. Organize your life around knowing and responding to him. First Samuel in the Old Testament, chapter 3, in closing. Young Samuel is being raised by a priest, right, in the temple, Eli. And one night in the middle of the night, Samuel heard somebody calling his name. So three times he goes to Eli because he thinks Eli's in the other room whispering his name. Samuel. So he gets up and he goes, he says, what? Speak. Finally, Eli realizes that he's not saying Samuel's name, but the Lord is whispering to Samuel. And in verse 9, it says, So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Listen, those are sweet words in the ears of God. This morning, God is speaking to you. God has a plan and a will for your life. I challenge you. I implore you on behalf of Christ. Even as we close in prayer, as we leave this place, as you walk home, as you go to the flea market or whatever, go to your job, as you lie down this evening, as you rise up in the morning, make it your prayer. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And hear with faith with eagerness, what God has to say. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you speak. The fact that you speak to us is your grace. God, we want to hear. And God, it's frustrating at times because at times we feel like we're in a desert. At times we feel like maybe we have earmuffs on or something. We just can't hear you. All we hear is the sound of the world around us, the sound of our own flesh, the sound of our own struggles, our own pain, our own difficulties, which are real. That is the reality of living in a fallen and broken world. But God, this morning, we long to hear your voice. We know that your voice is the voice of truth. We know, we believe that you created us for a relationship with you. It's not about just walking around with our eyes up in the air, but it is about walking in relationship, seeking after you, seeing and hearing the world around us, seeing our relationships, seeing our jobs, seeing our families, all through the perspective of who you are and your desire, what pleases you. So Lord, make us sensitive this morning. When we're dull in hearing, make us alert. Give us faith, strengthen our faith this morning. Speak to us, Lord God, and give us the faith to respond in obedience. God, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you care for us. Thank you that you don't give up on us. You are patient and kind, and you continue to whisper our names. God, Lord, speak for your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, amen.